Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. Man, it's good to be with God's people today. I mean, it is good to be here today with the church family. I'm excited to be here. Those of you that are guests with us today, I'm excited you're here. My name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor here at Collective Church. And on behalf of our whole church family, I just want to tell you, we're pumped that you'd be our guest today. And so thank you for being with us. You know, we've all had times in our lives where there was something that we were very, very, very excited about. Uh, something that we just couldn't wait for it to get here. Uh, something we just couldn't wait to do. I remember as a kid, uh, this time of year, when the month of October came around, uh, every year my dad would take me to Six Flags Over Texas in Arlington uh, during the month of October, and we would wait until it cooled off, that first cool front would come in and kind of break that Texas heat, and we'd go spend a day at Six Flags together, uh, and we would go to Fright Fest, and then after we rode rides all day and finally the sun would set in the evening, then we would go through haunted houses together at Fright Fest. And I remember as a kid when that day was coming, just being like, man, I can't wait to go to Six Flags with my dad. I can tell you today that this is a moment in our church where I have that same feeling. Just excited about what God's going to do. And I've been so pumped about this message series that we're about to start walking into here together in just a moment. I'm just excited about it. I'm eager. I anticipate God to do good things through it. I think there are people here today that you've been visiting us for a while, you've been getting to be a part of it, but for whatever reason, you've kind of maybe been on the fence about some things, and I think this series could be a moment in the history of our church where we all look back at some point, whether it be a few months from now, a few years from now, where we go, man, remember that series we did, it just kind of propelled us into the future that God has for us as a church family, and it's not going to be because of anything special I do. It's going to be because when the Holy Spirit of God has a vision for His church, and God's people hear that vision and surrender to that vision, then God is able to do meaningful and powerful things through His people, through His church that way. Let me share with you a sobering verse that's found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Very sobering verse. Uh, the writer here says that where there is no vision, the, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Listen, as your pastor, as the pastor of Collective Church, I do not want us to perish. I do not want us to fall away from God's plan for us. I do not want us to lose sight of our first love being Jesus Christ. And listen, where there is no vision, the people will perish. It's one of the reasons why families today are in disarray because husbands aren't getting the vision from the Lord that they need to lead their families. It's one of the reasons our country's in disarray because our government really isn't seeking to get the vision from the Lord anymore for the people of the nation. And where there is no vision, the people will perish. And so as your pastor, I want throughout the next five weeks, including today, to do my best to cast clear, compelling vision to you as an individual so that as an individual of our church that you not perish but instead thrive as a member of this family. 
so that you may be able to grow in Jesus and bear the fruit of the Spirit in your life that's mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. So that you may know how you can plug in clearly to collective church and know the ways in which you can be connected here that will result in you experiencing the abundant life that Jesus has promised for you in John chapter 10, verse 10. And so I mention the importance of you growing individually for a very specific reason. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's very important that we grow individually because who we are individually determines who we are collectively. I mean, we can't be what God desires for collective church to be if we aren't being the people He desires us to be Monday through Saturday. We can't expect to show up here and experience a meaningful time of worship if we're not meeting with God in worship individually throughout the week. We can't expect to gather together and all of a sudden be people of prayer collectively if we're not being people of prayer individually. We can't expect to be able to experience collectively people being saved and people being baptized if we're not going throughout our days throughout the week individually sowing the seed of the Word of God and pouring into other people, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ individually. So our experience that we have collectively as a church is all determined by who we are individually and how we live as individuals throughout the week. Listen, if, if as individuals throughout the week we are taking 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, maybe even an hour at some point every day to get alone with God, to hear from Him through His Word, to spend time with Him in prayer, simply having a conversation with Him, worshiping Him, thanking Him for all the good things He is doing, praying together with our family, sharing Jesus with our children, loving our neighbor as He's called us to love our neighbor. When we do those things, we can expect when we come together collectively to experience the power and the moving of Jesus. So I'll say it one more time. Who we are individually determines who we are collectively. Now, let's begin to, with that thought in mind, let's begin to understand the mission of our church, the motto, motto of our church, and the model of our church. The mission of our church is found in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. Now, you've heard me say this before. I want to say it again because I don't want us to forget it. The mission of every New Testament church should be Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Lots of churches have unique mission statements that they can tie back to this. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But this is the mission because Jesus is the head of his church and these words came from his mouth, and he determines the mission for his church. We don't. Amen. So, so here's what he says. He tells us as his people to therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's some good stuff right here. 
Notice he says, go. He says, go. He doesn't say, sit idle. He doesn't say, uh, establish the church, get it up to 75, 100, 200, 400, 800, and, and then just put it in park. He says, therefore, go. In other words, be a people on the move, excited about sharing my word and sharing my love with those around you. Therefore, go. And then he goes on to say, and make disciples. And we're going to unpack what it means here in a few moments to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to disciple other people. Now, I want you to notice something here. Nowhere in this passage does he say to go and make converts. He didn't say go and make converts. Now, Jesus is all about bringing the unsaved to himself and seeing them saved. But what the church is guilty of these days is when someone is converted and they experience the salvation of Jesus Christ, then all of a sudden the church all of a sudden thinks they've accomplished the mission. But salvation is just the beginning. Because when a person is born again in Jesus... They are supernaturally a new creation. They are a spiritual baby in the Lord. And our role and our mission as a church is to help those people grow up in the Lord, and that's called making disciples. Here, here's what I love about this passage, is that many of us are intimidated by the Great Commission. We think, well, I hear that I'm called to go, that I'm called to live on mission, that I'm to share the message of Jesus with other people, but then we succumb to our fears and insecurities and, 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 we, and, and our weaknesses. And we think there's no way I as an individual can live out the Great Commission. But look what Jesus says here. He realizes you and I were going to feel this way. So he says, surely I am with you always. In other words, when you go on mission with me, says Jesus, when you are unsure about what to say, when you have fears and insecurities, just know I am with you. And I will speak through you. And I will give you the words. And I will give you the confidence you need to not only be a disciple of mine, but to be a disciple maker. He is with us always. And so that is the mission of our church. And out of that mission, out of Matthew 28, 19 through 20, comes our motto as a church. See, as collective church, we want to be known for knowing God and making Him known. See, as a disciple of Jesus, you and I should always be pursuing to know God deeper and deeper and more and more. And as we know Him more, and as we know Him more, and as we know Him more, we should be seeking and yearning to make Him known to other people that have not yet come to know Him or have wandered away from Him for whatever reason it might be. Now let me just share with you something I yearn for as your pastor this morning. There's nothing I want more as your pastor than to see you know God. I don't want you necessarily, I don't yearn for you to have the best house. I don't yearn for you to have the best car. 
I don't yearn for your kid to be the starting quarterback. I don't yearn for your children to have the coolest friends in school. I don't yearn for you to necessarily have the best things of this world. Now listen to me. If you have all of those things, great. Nothing wrong with that. But first and foremost and most importantly is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And as your pastor, that is the thing that I want more for you than anything else. I want you to know God. I want you to be able to live a life that could match up with the life that is described in Psalm chapter 1, where it describes a believer that is deeply rooted in Jesus, whose life is like a life planted by streams of water. And I believe as your pastor, if you know God in such a way, you will want to make Him known. There will be times when you know Him in such a way that people will be able to just see it in you. And they will know there's something different about Him or about her. And they will go, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, I want it. But then there will be other times where you you must share the Word of Jesus with other people. There are times our lifestyle speaks for itself. But there are many other times where we have to have the courage to be the mouthpiece of the Lord and share the word of Jesus in love and in boldness under the control of His Holy Spirit. So our mission is Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Our motto is that as collective church, we want to be known for knowing God and making Him known. What's our model? I've been in ministry now, it'll be 15 years this coming summer. And in 15 years of being in ministry, that's not as long as some of the other guys I've known. But in 15 years, you learn some things. In fact, you learn some things along the way that you actually need to unlearn. But then you also learn some things that you're like, yeah, that's what we need to get to. That's who we need to be. That's what we need to strive for. That's what we need to reflect. And so along those 15 years, you read books, you go to conferences, you get around other guys in ministry, and you hear about all these different models for church. Listen, I'm not the smartest cat in the room. I'm not the most theologically sharp person. I'm intimidated to run with guys that use words like Calvinism and Arminianism and all the isms, okay? It's just I don't really fit in there. But I see a model in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 that I think is the Lord's model for a growing church. And not just for a growing church numerically, but for a growing church going deeper into the Lord. See, we don't want to just grow wider, we want to grow deeper. There's lots of churches around these days that are a mile wide and an inch deep. Listen, if, if, if we grow wider but don't grow deeper, I bow out. Because my job as pastor is to lead people that want to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. And if we're not growing deeper, then we're not really being disciples of Jesus. But I believe also if we're growing deeper, then we will grow wider as a result. Look at what the Bible says here. This is our model. 
Read along with me. It'll be on the screen. It says here that the believers, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now, all the believers were together. They held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day, every day, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. Now, up to this point, the church is going deeper and going deeper and growing in the Lord. And watch what happens here. And every day, as a result, the Lord added to their number those who were being what? Saved. I love it. You have a group of people here that devoted themselves to a few things. They said, we're devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to prayer. They were devoted to worship. They were devoted to serving each other. They were devoted to giving generously in such a radical way that they were selling their possessions and selling properties so that they could give the proceeds to any and all that had need in the church and in the community. How radical is that, yet so simple? But oftentimes we miss it. Because as churches today, we want to get so consumed with the smoke and the lights and the best praise team ever. And listen, I believe God just wants to use the most ordinary thing and the most ordinary people to do something extraordinary to, through them so that He gets the glory and He gets the honor. So we have six marks here of a church that's knowing God and making Him known. They're knowing God, and, and as, as they do so, the Lord's adding to their number those being saved, so they're making Him known. Look at these six marks here quickly with me. The first mark we see is discipleship, because they were devoted to God's Word. You can't grow in the Lord without getting God's game plan. You can't grow closer to Jesus without hearing the words of Jesus. We'll talk about that more here in just a moment. The second mark we see is fellowship. They were devoted to one another. We see another mark was worship because they were devoted to prayer. Prayer is part of our worship. They were filled with awe. In other words, they were amazed by what God was doing. And as a result of that, they were praising God in their worship. The other mark is serving. They distributed to all as any had need. They were reaching they were focused on sharing the word of Jesus. They were evangelizing the world around them. They weren't just focused inward. They drew strength from one another, and then they turned outward to reach the world around them. And it says that the Lord added to their number those being saved. And then six is that they were focused on generosity. They sold their possessions and property in order to give. So if you wonder here today, well, what do we value as a church? What are our core values, as many churches say? We're not going to have at Collective Church so-called core values. We're going to say these are the things as a body that we are devoted to. 
Because the Bible says they were devoted to these things. And so I want us to be a body that's known to be devoted to discipleship, devoted to fellowship, devoted to worship, devoted to serving, to reaching those around us, and devoted to generosity. And so, for just the next few minutes, let's spend some time unfolding, unraveling two of these marks. Let's talk about, just briefly, discipleship and fellowship. We know God and we make Him known through discipleship. Now, it says that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, which means they were devoted to the Word of God. Because the apostles were teaching the Word of Jesus. Now, the objective of our discipleship is spiritual growth. Again, if we're not empowering and encouraging one another as a church family to grow deeper in Jesus and become more like Him in our lifestyle and in our character, then we are missing the mark. They were devoted to the Word of God, and what we see here is because they were devoted to Jesus and devoted to His Word, it drove everything they did. It was the driving force of their church. And so, spiritual growth is the objective of you being discipled in Jesus. You remember as a kid how you would long at times as a kid to, to, to be grown, to grow up? You remember that? There'd be times you'd see mom and dad go to work and you'd think, man, I can't wait till one day I get to go to work like mom and dad. Remember as a kid in, in, in grade school when there was naps that were like part of the day? And they were like, hey, everybody's going to take a nap now for the next 15, 30 minutes, an hour. And remember as a kid you would fight taking a nap? And now what is it that we all want sometimes? Just a nap. But in those moments of life it was like, I can't wait to get older so that I don't have to be made to take a nap. I remember one of those moments for me was I couldn't wait to be 16 years old so that I could get my license and get my first car. We've all had those moments where we couldn't wait to grow up. Listen, as sons and daughters of the King Jesus Christ, we should long to grow up in Him. We shouldn't be content with just being saved. We should be yearning to grow and mature in Jesus Christ. In other words, how we look today, we shouldn't look a year from now. A year from now, people should be able to look at me and my life and my family and go, you know what? They've really grown in the Lord. They've matured. People should be able to look at you and go, you know what, a year ago, man, they were awesome then, but they are so godly now. And I see things in his or her life and I go, man, I want to be more like that. I want to be more prayerful. I want to be uh, more in the Word. I want to live the life like they live. That spiritual growth, that's discipleship, that is godliness. Now, in order to produce that in their lives, they were devoted to the Word of God. And a lot of times, many of us, we are not growing and maturing in the Lord because the only time we get in God's Word is in moments like these. And let me tell you something, church. 
church gathering together collectively with the body of Christ is a lot better when you've been meeting with Jesus individually throughout the week. Marianne was sharing with me just a few weeks ago that she had a stretch of time there where she felt like she was getting up to lead worship from an, an empty place. And then she described to me how one Sunday after she'd been meeting with God consistently, the worship meant so much more to her, and she felt more engaged in it because she had been meeting with God. So she was able to lead worship from a place of being filled by Jesus. That's, that's the result of you being in the Word as an individual. And then when we come together collectively, it's a whole lot more meaningful. Being in the Word of God. We can't afford to not be in the Word of God. It is God's roadmap for our life. It guides us for the journey that Jesus is calling us to. And one of the reasons today why so many Christians aren't standing up for Christian values in our nation is they don't know the values they even should be standing on or standing for. They just know they had a time out here somewhere where they gave their life to Jesus, they got baptized, but they've never been discipled and they've never been shown how to be in the Word of God. Listen, as a church, as long as I'm privileged to be the pastor here, you will be challenged to be in the Word of God. You will be encouraged to spend time with Jesus. And we will be a church that is devoted to the Word. Amen. Listen, I've already got our discipleship books and studies picked out for next year. For the whole calendar year. And every study that we go through next year drives you to Scripture. Drives you to Scripture. It's not an author's opinion. It's not the next big idea. It's questions and challenges that urge you to look for yourself at what God's Word says so that you can be the man, woman, student, or child that He has called you to be. Amen. That is discipleship. But discipleship is also being with God's people, which takes us to fellowship. It says there that they were devoted to fellowship, and if you read along in the passage, verses 44 and 46, all the believers, they were together and they ate together. They were committed to doing life with one another. These people were so serious about their discipleship, so serious about worshiping the Lord, so committed to one another that the Bible tells us they actually met together every day. Like, when the kids in Jerusalem were gathering together to sign up to play soccer or signing up for cheerleading or for volleyball, and when the coaches said, hey, look, we're going to have practice on Tuesday, and we're going to have practice Wednesday night, and we're going to even have games on Sundays, and hey, by the way, we may actually call you to practice on Saturday, and if you're not there, then your kid gets disciplined. Hey, you know what these believers did? They said, wait a minute. We have a devotion that's higher than that. And our devotion is to God and His people. Amen. Listen, nothing wrong with extracurricular activities. Nothing wrong with that. But Satan has used those good things to hijack God's church. 
And what's happened is, is believers are no longer devoted to the fellowship with one another. They are devoted more to the things of this world than they are to the purposes of God's church. Let me clear it up again real quick. I'm not opposed to those things. We're signing up my daughter for gymnastics this fall. My kids will be in extracurricular stuff. But none of that is going to trump the church. Because the chances of my kids playing pro sports are really slim. The chances of them having to stand before God when they pass into eternity are 100%. And the, listen, the only thing that's going to matter at that point is how their lives were lived for Jesus. That's all that's going to matter. So we must be devoted to the fellowship. And let me tell you something, and then we're going to wrap up here real soon. If we want to see people added to our number, those being saved and baptized and discipled, we must keep in mind that there is a real connection between our fellowship and our evangelism. There is a real connection between us spending time together and the Lord adding to our number those being saved. We can't expect people to look at our church and go, I want to be a part of that, if we aren't getting together in fellowship for people to see us gathering together, sharing meals together with joyful and sincere hearts. When people see that, they go, I want to be a part of that. And then listen, this ain't your clique. This ain't my clique. This is the Lord's church. And when people see what's going on here and they ask you, hey, what what is that? What is that thing you and your lady friends do when y'all get together at Tacos for Life? Hey, uh, could I come to that? Listen, it is not your place to go, well, no, that's just where me and my friends get together. You know, it's kind of a closed group. No, it ain't closed. It's open and available to anyone seeking to know Jesus Christ. Because we exist as collective church to know Him and to make Him known. And one of the ways we do that is through our fellowship with each other. So, our mission is found in Matthew 28, 19-20. Our motto is to know God and to make Him known. And our model is not something found in some new church strategy book. It's found right here in the church strategy book. We're devoted to discipleship, fellowship, worship, serving, reaching, and generosity. And so next week when we come back together, we're going to jump right into talking about our worship and our serving. Because worship isn't just singing. Worship is our serving. And our serving is our worship. The two are very tightly knitted together. And so we're going to unfold that together next week. And and, and the following week, we're going to talk about how our reaching and our generosity go hand in hand. The week after that, we're going to talk about how we are governed as a church body, as collective church. How we are elder-led. And I will be explaining to you what that means for us, what our elders do, and how we function together. 
At the very end of this message series, we will talk about our financial stewardship and how your giving to Collective Church is stewarded for God's purposes. At the end of this series, at the end of that day, you will have the opportunity to go, I want to be a member of the Collective Family. You'll have the chance to say, this is a church I want to be a part of. This is where I want to be. This is where I feel called to belong, to know him and to make him known. Now, those of you that are already members here, you're members here. That doesn't change for you. But those of you who have just been visiting and you're plugged in, and, but you haven't quite taken that leap, let me say this. We're ready for you to be part of the family, aren't we, church? Amen. There's room for you at the table. As we grow deeper, our table will grow wider. And as our table grows wider, you have to make room for more people. Because the Lord yearns to add to his church those being saved. What's cool about this is at the end of all this, you're going to get a folder that has all the information in it that we will have taught on throughout this series. And you'll be able to take that home with you, put it wherever you want, and reference it at times if you have questions about what we're about as a church. If one day you go, oh yeah, what do our elders do? You can look in that folder and it'll tell you. There'll be a place in there where you can look at how your funds are used. That folder will serve as a reference for you as a member of the collective church family. Now, there's going to come a week here where some of you are going to have to serve in a ministry, like over in children's. And maybe you miss a message and you're like, man, I really wanted to hear what was being taught that day. Here's what's cool. We live in an era where there's awesome technology. All right? And that's a good thing. And so every message from this series is going to be uploaded to the Collective Church podcast. Uh, Sarah Lee, one of our awesome members here, she's getting that set up over the next couple days. And the message from today will be up by Wednesday. And the message from next Sunday will be up by the next Wednesday, and we will post the link to that on our social media accounts so that if you miss a message, you can go back and listen to it, and I urge you to do so. Because what you don't want to do is say, I want to be a part of this church family and not understand something or get into it and realize, no, that wasn't quite what I thought it was because church membership's a big deal. It's a big deal. Church, I'm excited about what's ahead. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.